Welcome to When the Ball Stops podcast. My name is TK LaFleur, mental fitness coach for athletes. When the Ball Stops centers around building mental toughness, a victor mindset, and leadership qualities. This podcast will emphasize a what's important now mentality, how to become an impact player, and what it takes to create one degree of separation by winning when the ball is stopped. Every time there is a stoppage in play, that is an opportunity to do quick check-ins with your mental and emotional state to reset yourself and your team. Utilizing these precious moments can be the difference between playing under control or playing out of control. For today's topic, um, we are going to be talking about attitude. Um, the impact it can have on team dynamics and the mindset of how to keep the mindset it takes and how to keep the team morale high. Before we jump in, let's start with a quick story. Fred and Martha were driving home after a church service. Martha asked Fred, did you notice the pastor's sermon was kind of weak today? No, not really, answered Fred. Well, did you hear that the choir was flat? No, I didn't, he responded. Well, you certainly must have noticed that young couple and their children in front of us with all that noise and commotion they made the whole service. I'm sorry, dear, but I didn't, he answered. Finally, in disgust, Martha said, Honestly, Fred, I don't know why you even bother to go to church. So what's the point of that story? When someone on the team has a critical spirit, everybody around them knows because everyone on the team can do no right. See, Fred went to church for the praise and worship. He was able to block out distractions and focus on what was important. Martha went to church with a critical spirit and was blinded by distractions. She may or may not have grown in the way she should have that day. So how does this relate to sports? Well, think about it like this. Think about when you go to a film session. Think about when you go to practice or a game and some teammates are, are focused on outside things and outside thoughts, while other teammates are focused on how to get better in that moment, receiving the coaching, receiving the criticism, and understanding what it is they need to do to get better. When our mind is not focused on the present moment and we are distracted, it can lead to not so great attitudes within the team. And we all know mindset is everything. So we're going to dive into negative attitude themes that can ruin a team. We'll be talking about pride, gossip, laziness, and negativity. Each of these has a way to destroy a team from the inside out. First thing we're going to talk about is pride or the disease of me. The disease of me is you're always focusing on how you are feeling. You're focused on how you are doing. You're focused on how you are playing. Any concept of team is completely gone from your mindset, and it shows in your body language, your attitude, everything. When even one person's eyes shifts away from the goal or mission of the team and onto themselves, the rest of the team will not only feel it, but they will begin to struggle as well. Have you ever had a teammate more worried about getting their points even though the team lost? Have you ever had a teammate point out what others are doing um, aren't doing correctly, but they're not willing to accept what they're doing wrong and go about fixing it. Leaders, take notice of these patterns in your teammates. Take notice of these patterns in yourself. Begin to talk to the player or players to gain understanding and help get them back rowing with the team. Remind them of their team goals. Remind them of what they bring to the team that will help the team reach those goals. 
The goal is to get them back thinking about team instead of me. Think about a rowboat. There are three main parts to a rowboat, and those three critical parts can take you from where you are to where you want to be, where you desire to be, where you dream to be. So think about the oar. The oar is the energy you bring every single day. If you don't think you can, nobody can get you there. The oar is a symbol of strength. The oar is um, you deciding what you're going to bring today from an energy perspective. You deciding, are you going to put your oar in the water and row in the direction of the team goals? Or are you going to be a little selfish and worry, I'm having a bad day. I haven't played well the last few games, so I'm just going to not row with the team at all. I'm not going to try to get better, and I'm just going to sit here and let the team carry me. The other part of the, the rowboat analogy is the actual boat. The boat is the sacrifice. Change and get uncomfortable. If you want something bigger and better than you, than you have now, there is a price for change, and you will have to pay it. Getting uncomfortable, making that change can mean, you know what, maybe I need to box out a little bit harder. Maybe I need to play a little bit harder on defense. Maybe I need to, you know, hey, coach, you put me on the assignment to guard the other team's best player. It's going to take a little bit more work defensively to make sure that they don't get their points. Serve and give more than you ever had. That means getting outside of yourself. That means realizing what does the team need right now? Sometimes it needs rebounds. Sometimes the team needs a defensive stop. Sometimes the team needs someone on the floor to say, hey, let's slow down. Let's run through our plays. Sometimes somebody needs to make a big play, take a charge, steal a base, do something that you're sacrificing yourself in order to serve the team. Um. The bigger your boat, the farther you can go and the more storms that you can take on. So you want to make sure that you're sacrificing everything that you can to for the betterment of the team. And the last part of the rowboat analogy is the compass. You want to get around extraordinary people. You want to surround yourself with elite people because if these people are going in one direction and you're around them all the time, and you're following them all the time, and you're listening to their advice, and you're absorbing it, and you're trying your best to do what they're telling you, and you're taking what you need, you will end up going in the same direction as they are. The path to greatness is not very wide. Otherwise, everybody would be on it. So get around the right people, get around elite people, get around people that have been there and done that. Get around people that are going to help push you and guide you into the direction of your team's goals. To combat pride within your team, have your team goals written and posted in the locker room where everyone can see them on a daily basis. As a daily reminder, the attitude you should bring daily is one of service, support, and sacrifice for your teammates. Everyone has a role to play and everyone's role matters. Play yours to the best of your ability every day. Moving into the next topic, we're going to talk about gossip. And we all know what gossip is. Everyone has been a part of it in some way, shape, or form. Everyone has, you know, everyone's been a part of gossip. Gossip has the power to take down the team dynamic, no matter how small it may seem. If someone, or even you, make it a habit of talking about others behind their backs, whether it's good or bad, that is a recipe for team disaster. 
This creates invisible barriers amongst the team and teammates. Instead, what you want to do is gain perspective and try to help your teammates grow and overcome. Take something as simple as as this this small, small example of gossip. Through the gossip grapevine, um, you found out that a new kid who was coming onto your team is a bit snobby. You tell your child this, your child may overhear a conversation about it, so your child actually avoids your new teammate. It's not until the end of the season where your child actually tries to get to know the new kid, the new teammate, and finds out that they're really not a snob. So what did gossip do to your child? It wasted, your child ended up wasting an entire season on not making a new friend, on not making the new, mem- the new teammate feel welcomed. It, it just continued to create barriers. It probably made it harder for that new teammate to get adjusted to the team, to feel wanted, to feel included. Gossip excludes players. Gossip destroys trust. And believing the gossip can result in bad choices, as we just heard in our previous example, where your child didn't get a chance to make a new friend because of a rumor that wasn't even true. So how do we combat gossip from spreading amongst the team or even amongst the organization, whatever? Ask yourself these questions. If you hear gossip, why should I pass it on? If you hear gossip, you should be the one to stop it dead in its tracks. You should be the one to say, I don't want to talk about this. You can leave the conversation. You can let whoever's gossiping, let them know that that's not something that's going to help our team grow. Why should you pass this on? Would I want people to know this about me? Most likely, nobody wants any bad things said about them, so they don't want bad things for other people to hear. So we have to be mindful of what we're putting into the energy, what we're putting into our team culture. How will this person feel if knowing this rumor is being spread? How will this person feel knowing this rumor is being spread? If anyone has ever had gossip come back to them, remember that feeling. You probably don't feel all that great. You probably feel like you need to defend yourself. You probably feel really hurt, down. Your confidence may drop. You may be self-conscious around the group of people that were gossiping around you. All of these negative feelings begin to build and rise into a person that's being gossiped about, whether it's one person or multiple people. We have to stop doing this. Will this rumor reduce this person's status or make him or her excluded feel excluded from the group? Most likely it will. So as a leader on the team, as a captain on a team, it's your responsibility to nip all type of gossip in the bud and make sure that it doesn't continue. Make sure you're confronting the right people. Make sure that you're talking about things in a one-on-one space so that nobody feels singled out, but understand that gossip can hurt a team no matter how big or small the gossip is. Laziness. A tiny, tiny attitude of laziness in one person speaks volumes to others. It shows a lack of compassion and commitment. One lazy teammate unwilling to put in the work and carry their weight on the team can open the door for resentment, frustration, and some pretty big discord on your team. Laziness is contagious and not the good contagious that we want. Nobody should want laziness spreading through their team ever. Consider this. There once was a very wealthy and curious king. The king had a huge boulder placed on the middle of the road. He hid nearby to see if anyone would try to remove the gigantic rock from the road. 
The first people to pass by were some of the king's wealthiest merchants and courtiers. Rather than moving it, they simply walked around it. A few loudly blamed the king for not maintaining the roads. Not one of them tried to move the boulder. Finally, a peasant came along. His arms were full of vegetables. When he got near the boulder, rather than simply walking around it as others had, the peasant put down his load, tried to move the stone to the side of the road. It took a lot of effort, but he finally succeeded. The peasant gathered his load and was ready to go on his way when he saw a purse lying in the road where the boulder had been. The peasant opened the purse, and the purse was stuffed full of gold coins and a note from the king. The king's note said the purse's gold was a reward for moving the boulder from the road. So what's the moral of that story? Every obstacle we come across in life gives us an opportunity to improve our circumstances. And whilst the lazy complain, the others are creating opportunities through their kind hearts, generosity, and willingness to get things done. To prevent laziness from spreading in your locker room and on your team, remember the big picture. The law of the big picture states, people do what people see. Always model hard work. Always model being a great teammate. Let those attributes be the one that spread through the team like wildfire. Everything is an opportunity and a chance to do something great. Encourage constantly. Help each other daily. Celebrate one another. Something that I witnessed as my athletic career went on is when a teammate of mine who played the same position as me, whenever they went to the gym, hey, TK, we're going to the gym. Let's go get a workout in. Whether I wanted to or not, It didn't matter because my teammate was saying, hey, we need to get better. If we get this extra workout in, we will get better individually and as a team. Bring someone with you. Show them what hard work looks like. Show them what it means to have good work ethic. Show them what it means to be a good teammate. Last but definitely not least, negativity. Nobody likes a negative Nancy. Nobody likes a Debbie Downer. This is probably the most dangerous team killer out there. Negativity starts small. It may be a small vent, a small complaint. You're just blowing off steam and you say anything that comes to your mind. The teammate undermining the game plan, the teammate talking down on decisions or why they don't play more minutes. The teammate is always seeing the wrong in every situation. The teammate complaining about workouts, practice, what time we have to be there, any type of complaint like that is bringing the team down. People may not say, teammates may not say anything in the moment, a coach may not say anything in the moment, but know that every little negative comment is is bringing the team down. They may recruit other players to play in there, to, you know, be a part of their pity party, and we all know that misery loves company. This is a major major team killer because the more people that misery is recruiting then we have a group of people that are being negative instead of one person being negative negativity and constructive criticism do run neck and neck but where they divide is negativity is hurtful and brings people down whereas constructive criticism brings attention to issues in a way where improvement is encouraged and a solution is readily available As a leader, that's a good way to tell the difference between negativity and constructive criticism. There's a time and a place for everything, 
but there's really no space for negativity. If you want to get to championship levels as a leader, there are things that you can do to stop this before it spreads throughout the team. As a captain, as a leader, be your team's safe space. Be the person your team comes to with problems. Um, captains, senior players, people that have been there and done that, you're, you're those people that can help keep the team together. You're the people that can help combat the negativity before it really spreads. With a safe space to vent, your team members will feel heard and you have the ability to shape that conversation and influence their thoughts to get them back focused on team. Also, if you're seeing certain things that are happening, you're seeing certain comments that are being said, confront the person that's making those comments. There's nothing wrong with getting ahead of it. There's nothing wrong with talking and sitting that person down in a one-on-one fashion because nobody wants to be called out. No one wants to be embarrassed. So just go talk to them one-on-one. What's going on? How are you feeling? I keep hearing these certain comments. I keep seeing these certain actions. Well, let's talk about it and see what we can do to make it better. Okay. Um, Help identify why they have a negative attitude and how to change his or her negative attitude. Darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can. So as the captain, as the team leader, you need to be the source of light that your team needs. I want to leave you guys with one last thing. Attitude is a decision. You could choose to have a bad attitude. You can choose to have a good attitude. You may not be able to alter your situation or circumstance, but you can alter your attitude. Choose to find the silver lining. Choose to eliminate the woe is me attitude. Choose a positive attitude and you will experience more joy and happiness more often. No skill is required to have a great attitude. Your positive attitude should be a non-negotiable for optimal performance. Remember, attitudes are contagious. Is yours worth catching? Thank you for listening to When the Ball Stops podcast. With every episode, we work to give athletes one degree of separation from the competition by giving useful and insightful tips and advice on their journey to greatness. At 211 degrees, water is hot. At 212 degrees, water boils. With boiling water comes steam, and with steam, you can power a train. Are you willing to be the one degree difference?